Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Oh yeah, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. You're tuned in to our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And I'm going to have to change this to our worldwide search because we're going all the way out to Ontario, Canada today. And we're talking with Kathy with Kathy's Laughter Club. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I'm excited to be here. Man, I am excited to hop into this because we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff like laughter yoga and worms and, uh, you know, I'm sure some Canadian things as well, because I'm always curious about our neighbors up north. Uh, But before we hop into that stuff, we have to start out with our icebreaker question, because we always have an icebreaker question here on the show. Today's question is, are you a listener or a talker? Oh my gosh, I love talking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't relate, man. I hate talking, you know. (laughs) Chatty Kathy is my name. So um, if I had to choose one or the other, I would say talking. (laughs) Man, although I am a great listener too. (laughs) Yeah, I am one. um, I am well known for being a talker. I, I absolutely hate it when your feelings go without being represented. So I've always been the one that's like, I'm going to talk and over communicate in order to make sure that I represent myself. But on the other end of that, you're right. I have absolutely made it a point to be a good listener. And I am trying my hardest every single day. You know, when you get busy, it's hard to just focus on something because today's society mixed with being busy and everything else, you've always got something going on. So I'm usually on the phone and the computer and having a conversation and Uh, Sometimes I like to just sit back and say, okay, you know what? Put the phone away, put the computer away. Let me just focus on what you're saying and make sure that I'm actively listening because it is such an important skill. But obviously, I don't think I would be a host of a podcast if I wasn't a good talker. So, right, exactly. Go ahead. (laughs) Nope, nothing to say here. Just keep going. (laughs) Hey there, entrepreneurs. Are you tired of juggling multiple platforms for your marketing and sales needs? It's time to revolutionize your business operations with Wingman. Wingman's an all-in-one marketing automation software. It's designed by experienced marketers who understand your struggles. It's a game changer. It combines the best tools to streamline your communication, automate your workflows, and grow your business. Capture leads using landing pages, surveys, forms, and more. Nurture them with personalized messages via voicemail, SMS, emails, and even Facebook Messenger. And close deals with built-in tools to collect payments, schedule appointments, and track analytics. Say goodbye to multiple marketing tools and hello to Wingman. It's your unified platform for all business needs. You can enhance your online presence, manage your reputation effectively, and cultivate leads effortlessly. So are you ready to take your business to new heights? Visit TrustYourWingman.com today and let Wingman be your co-pilot to success. I want to be Wingman. We want to know all about Kathy who you are, where you came from, and how you got here. Yeah, so my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen. (laughs) It's simple solutions for today's challenges. So worms, indoor composting with worms uh, to amend the soil, sprouts for eating, grow your own, and laughter for overall health and wellness. And it seems to be three 
uh, separate balls that I'm juggling, but they really are um, connected to health and wellness, sustainability, and just living a good life. And all the things that I'm doing in my businesses are things that I'm actually doing. There's no division. I think like with most entrepreneurs, there's kind of no separation between church and state. (laughs) Like we're just like, we're work. This is my life. (laughs) That's why it's, uh, you know, for me, that's why it's important to really enjoy what you do. A hundred percent. If you spend so much of your life working and you're doing something, I couldn't imagine doing something I'm miserable at. Uh, I've quit jobs because of that. You know, I've, when I wake up in the morning and it's hard for me to get dressed and go to work because I don't want to be there and I am miserable, I don't want to be there. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to make that choice to go somewhere else. So how did you get into these three things that you're doing currently? Yeah. So let's start with the worms. It's the 21st anniversary of Kathy's Crawley Composters, uh, indoor composting with worms. So I am located just north of Toronto, Canada's largest city. And in 2002, our landfill closed. And although we're a pretty large country, second largest in the world, uh, we couldn't find a place to site our landfill. And, you know, I think that governments are very short-sighted. <laughs> they, they have a three or four year term, right? That's, that's their window for making an impact unless they get it voted in again. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think they don't have the, the vision of what they need to, to, to really run a, a, a country. That's just my my little side note. (laughs) So 2002, our landfill closed and, you know, it was going to close for a long time, but every day it's like, Oh, we can fit today's load in there. So we're good. And then one day it filled up. It's like, Oh, oh, now what do we do? We didn't see that coming, (laughs) but obviously, right. It was filling. Okay. So, um, we couldn't find a place to site a landfill. So we started to export our garbage to the U S sorry. Whoops. Um, and again, this is government, right? Not the people. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How Canadian. Um, <laughs> uh, have our garbage. Sorry. But here's lots <laughs> of cash, too. Um, <laughs> so back to Toronto, six million people in the greater Toronto area, half live in condos or townhouses without space to do outdoor composting. This is indoor composting with worms. And I really was targeting um, apartment dwellers. Um, because if you live in a house, you could compost. And I get that not everybody does that has the option, but they could. <laughs> if you live in an apartment, there kind of was no option. So here I come. I'm like, I got an idea. And how, my origin story is that I was, a, I was an office worker for 20 years. That was, I, I thought that was my lot in life, to be a secretary, an awesome secretary, because as a people pleaser, it was a great job for a people pleaser. Like, get me coffee. Okay. <laughs> I will. How do you like it? <laughs> Right. Uh, (laughs) I didn't even know that being an entrepreneur entrepreneur was an option. And then I had had a solution to this big problem, you know, our our garbage. Um, Yeah. So I so somehow all these things came to me and. I started my business because I had a solution. Um, (laughs) It wasn't easy at the beginning because I'm wanting to people to have worms in their house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not everybody wants that. <laughs> and I didn't know because I didn't have the entrepreneurial wherewithal. I didn't know that people didn't buy what they need. They buy what they want. And people mm. don't want worms in the house necessarily. Like maybe one is like, oh, yeah, this will be great for the garden if they got the whole idea about why you would do this. And the other person might be like, yeah, no way in hell we're having worms in here. <laughs> 
like what find, come up with another solution. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine my wife wouldn't be too happy if I brought home some worms for inside the house. Yeah, so so let me just talk about that just so that sure. I can get that out of the way why it why it works and why it's so beautiful. It's aerobic process meaning with oxygen. So it doesn't smell like the rotting food you're putting in it. Um it's in a container, so say a rubbermaid that kind of size uh, with a lid. The worms are contained in the container and they require a carbon nitrogen mix. So the carbon is or the bedding is shredded paper, could be leaves, straw, cardboard, and then the nitrogen is your food scraps. The worms require both and they eat eat all of that and then they turn their poop is the black gold. That's the nutrient rich fertilizer. So quickly after starting my worm business, I realized um, that people that that the uh, the fertilizer that the worms create is really the the beautiful reason for doing this. The waste management piece is the the side benefit because as you know, maybe you don't know, or you, I'm sure you know <laughs> that we've destroyed the fo- the soil in North America. You know, we're doing like corn, soy, wheat, acres and acres. If we do monocropping, we need to apply a lot of chemicals. So we've made our soil addicted to chemicals. In order for that corn to grow, we got to apply the the pesticides and all the herbicides and the aside. Aside means death, um, and death not just of the critter that we're targeting. It just is a like a mass wipeout, like antibiotics, right? They kill everything, and then whoop! Now you got to do something to build back up your microbiome. Same in the soil. We need to build the soil rather than just feeding the plant chemicals. So shortly after starting my business, um, I was contacted by gardeners wanting to get their hands on this end product, the, the, worm, the worm poop castings, um, which is nutrient rich and it really is fixing the soil. So the plants and the, and the worm poo have this symbiotic relationship. Um, the, the worms are creating this um, kind of immunity around the plants. So, so we have the pathogens are always present in the soil, but if the the immune, like if the soil is healthy and has all the um, diversity that it needs, then that pathogen can't get in there. It's going to go to where the you know where there's a weaker spot. And I can put that as people, like especially during this cuckoo time, if we have a strong immunity and somebody sneezes beside us, we're probably not going to get it. Or not get it as severe, right? Because we've right. got the immunity. Absolutely. Same with our soil. No, that makes perfect sense. Are you able to, I mean, obviously, like, is this a worldwide company? You're able to ship these worms anywhere? I, I just ship the worms in Canada. Um, just Canada. I do have, okay. yeah. And same with the compost. There's, there's all kinds, you know, governments, again, have put up all kinds of oh, yeah. regulations and for exporting and importing. You know, we can import worms from the states, but we can't import the compost and and the and the worms. And to import the worms, they have to be held in a substrate like shredded paper or some clean medium like Canadian peat moss, which means the peat moss has to be shipped down there first. <laughs> and then and then held in this medium for 30 days like the worms would be dead. OK, yeah. But they write that on their papers because that's what, what the government requires. Oh, now it's out there on this podcast. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it wouldn't be the first time that's for you sure. Know, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like the, we just have these ridiculous things. So the worms can come over, but we can't send the compost. They can't send the compost here. And, and it's all one kind of planet anyway. It's all one 
environment. The the rules are ridiculous, in my opinion. Yep. Well, that is, you know, bureaucracy is known for its red tape, that's for sure. Yeah. So once we decide that we're going to kind of go into this venture and bring some words into the house, you said uh, it would be obviously, I'm assuming a big container. Like this is something, you know, that you would need kind of a lot of room to throw a lot of waste into. No, no, okay. uh, quite remarkably. No. Um, so I said a Rubbermaid tote. So about that's I'm doing this. The I size know. of it, like the the totes that you use, not not the big honking ones, but the ones that you can carry with two hands. That right. Yeah. Fine. Like a probably two foot by, you know, one yeah. and a half, something like that. A little rectangular exactly. totes that you pack stuff in like Christmas decorations. Absolutely. Yes. And the worms are reducing the volume. So, um, yeah, you keep on going and it's about three to five months. The worms will convert all that material into the, the black gold and they're reducing it by about 80%. So although you keep on adding wow. material, it's going down and going down and going down. Right. It's really quite magic. And I, you know, at the beginning when I started, I would have a booth at, you know, farmer's markets weren't so big 20 years ago, but, um, you know, like, uh, home shows and wherever I could have a, a table, I would have a table. And I learned early on that like, people were like, Ew, worms. Oh, and, and, you know, kind of, missing my booth and I'm like oh gosh how am I going to do this if people don't want to have worms in the house so I started to do school workshops and I was like now I just have to wait 20 years for them to have buying power yeah I made it <laughs> but you know 20 years later here we are here we <laughs> are you somehow are. you know somehow as an entrepreneur I, I I did add in extra things you know I took on side gigs here and there to to make ends meet but when I started I really thought I want to be full in with this I don't want to have a like my job and then try to do this on the side. And that's fine if people are doing that. That wasn't my path. I, I wanted to do this and do this. I wanted to be focused. Yeah. And I think when you're when you're on purpose, um, th things just work out. It just happens when you when you stay the course. If if you're on purpose and you and you know what you want to do and all of that. Um, yeah. So the schools and, and speaking and. Somehow I have no fear of speaking. Thank goodness, Chatty Kathy. <laughs> Living up to the name. So what then, exactly am I throwing into these containers every day? Yeah, so you've got your bedding is your carbon, so your shredded paper, which is another way to get rid of your confidential documents. Okay. You know, really great because what, you know, we've all watched CSI, so we know if somebody was really patient, they could put together those shreds and take your identity. I know no one's doing that. <laughs> I hope not. But it's on TV, so it's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it, you're right. They're doing it on TV. <laughs> if if you put those shreds then through the worms, it, all those little worm poops, so you write your identity's gone, and it's, it's for sure not going to be taken. So that's a, a, a wonderful thing. And and the reason I said that was because I, I collect shredded paper from um, different different areas, and I can't remember what year it was, maybe 10 years ago now. Yeah, the ticker tape parade that they have in New York, they were actually finding shreds from the police. Uh, so it had like, like the social security oh, numbers. Oh, man. And like that you could read them, right? Like it was just like, oh, my gosh. So I, it was in the New York Times. I was like, man, I should write them a note and tell them they should get worms. Right. <laughs> Although you can't be showering everyone with worm poo. That would be bad. <laughs> Not if they don't know. I think it'd be all right. <laughs> so then you're, so that's your bedding. And then you're adding in your food scraps. So I would say your prep rather than your plate scrapings, because you don't want to add in salt or vinegar or ketchup. 
any of your sauces, that, that all would all be harmful to the worms. So it's all your fruit and veg, coffee, tea, cooked pasta and rice, moldy bread can go in. Um, so kind of the things that you would imagine that whatever you can compost, which is, I know everything, but you leave out meat, dairy, um, oily things, anything that would cause trouble for the, the worm bin. Gotcha. Yeah, we're used to outdoor composting in Texas. Um, and worms, you know, something I grew up uh, going out back and just digging in the ground, find your worms. And heck, half the time we'd use them for bait, you know, to go fishing in the pond behind the house. But um, I've definitely not thought about composting indoors before because, you know, like you said, a lot of the times those objections that pop up are, ew, worms in my house, smells in my house, that kind of thing. But with it being in these totes, and I'm assuming probably somewhere kind of out of view, it shouldn't be too big of an issue. So that's, that's such a, a weird market in a good way. You know, I'm glad that somebody tapped into it. It's just, it's so interesting to me to think about. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing when you think about, again, the end product, the compost that the worms are creating. It's really a big vision that I have of everybody managing their scraps on site so we don't need the special truck to come around and write all the gas emissions from the truck all the food still rotting um the, it's kind of a big mess we we are meant to compost our material add it back into the earth which just you know it's the infinity sign it adds it back in we grow delicious food give the worms or the compost the scraps and on and on and and that's assuming that everybody's gardening too like, you know, that there's a whole art that has been lost. How to garden? How do we grow stuff? And this 2020 was my best year ever for the worms. I'm 2020. sure. Yes. Right. Canada is rival was rivaling. We were in competition with Australia for longest lockdown of developed countries. You know, I mean, in communist countries, whatever they control their people. I mean, we're all controlled, but. <laughs> but how, how severe. Right. So. Yeah. um in Canada, we import 60% of our food, 6-0. So we're already food insecure. I would say we're already food insecure, but 2020 came and our border closed. When the border closed and we can't import food, it's a problem. And on top of that, our schools were all closed. Everybody was at home, you know, like everywhere. Eating more. <laughs> Even, right, even more. And so my phone was ringing off the hook at the beginning because parents were looking for something for the kids to do. The kids are at home. We're looking for a project. And what do I care as an entrepreneur how the worms get in the house? <laughs> right. And then as we were locked down longer, like we were locked down for months and months. It was, it's hard, I, it's hard to even remember now how it was, even though it was not that long ago. It's, it's fascinating how the mind works. Um, so the longer we were locked down, then the, the calls were different. They were like, they still wanted to get worms, but it was like, um, wow, we're, we want to start a garden. Now we're, we're thinking we, we should grow some food. Yes. Good. Absolutely. Again, you know, what do I care? Because this is so great. Once you get the skill of how to make your own soil and then what to do with how to grow food, it's all a, a learning process that we've, you know, we've, we've, for so long, we've just gone to the grocery store to get our food. So there's like at least one generation, perhaps two, that have no clue about food. Now with the transition into, uh, I guess, the next step, what was that next ball that you're juggling there? Yeah. So it took me a long time to realize that people didn't want what I had. 
you know, people would say, ooh, worms in the house. And I was thinking, this is so important. No, you need it. I, I was kind of like, just like barreling through line. No, 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 you da, da, da. I, not to those, that person. It's like, okay, if you're not ready, that's fine. Next, get away from my booth then. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, like sort of in, in in a nice way because I'm right. nice. In a customer I'm service Canadian, way. right? Passive aggressive way. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, um, and it was 2012. I seem to go in 10 year cycles. So 2012, one more person said to me, ooh, worms in the house. And I heard it. It hit my heart. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do what I want to do, which is put worms in every living space, every school, every business, everywhere. So when we're eating an apple, we're like, oh, where's the worm bin? And we just know, just like where the recycling bin is, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> ooh, worms in the house. And I was like, oh, this is so hard. Why do I care so much? And I started to question everything, John. The previous 10 years, like, what was I, what am I doing? Like, why don't I just get a job? This uh. would be way easier, right? Like, come on. <laughs> and then I was introduced to laughter yoga the next day. Like, it's really, I find it fascinating how things come in your path when you're looking for something, you know? Yep. You're just like, okay, I'll throw my hands up, I give up. And then it's like something says, oh, no, not yet. <laughs> what about over here? There's something. So laughter yoga, I don't even do yoga. So <laughs> uh, laughter yoga, I thought was something I could get wrap my mind around. Um, it was just like a five minute introduction to laughter yoga. And it's not jokes or comedy. It's not doing yoga and laughing. It's laughing. It's just laughing, right. which is so cool. Um, and I loved it so much. Anyway, I decided to get trained as a laughter leader. And then I love that. I got trained as a teacher. I teach leaders now. I'm a laughter ambassador. And so from, tw from 2012, I've been laughing, but 2020, that's when I really started laughing because have you ever heard laughter's the best medicine? Oh, all the time. Right. Everybody has, I haven't met one person yet. I ask everybody if they've heard of that expression, everybody has that I've met so far. <laughs> and it's the truth because when we're laughing, we're completely present. We're not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. We're not even thinking, actually. We're just laughing. Um, and I'll, I'll use stress because stress is a killer. And during this cuckoo time, we're really stressed. We were really stressed before, but now we're really, really stressed. <laughs> so when we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. You know, our, so our brain requires 25% more oxygen than the rest of our body as an operating principle. It's the machine, right? The answering machine. <laughs> So when we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. Our body's not getting what it needs. For sure, our brain isn't. Ever lost your keys, phone, glasses? Right? And you're flopping around. You're like, oh, where are my All keys? All the time. <laughs> yeah. That's because everything leaves our brain so that we can just escape from that situation. So when we're, so when we're flopping around looking for our keys, phone, glasses, whatever we've lost, we're stressed. We're like, I'm going to be late. We're, we're not breathing. Um, yeah. So we need to stop, take a nice deep breath in, laugh it off, apologize to everybody that we just yelled at, and then we'll find our keys, right? Because they know where they are. It's just that it's literally being deprived of oxygen, our brain, when we're stressed. Yeah. And, 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 and when we're laughing, we're secreting the love drugs, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. The love drugs. These are, are the feel-good chemicals. Sometimes people drink or do drugs or sex or eat 
you know, they do these activities to get those hits. And so imagine if we can just laugh and get that same body feel. And our, you know, our body doesn't know the difference between real or imagined laughter. Our brain is the thinker, our body's the feeler. So our brain might be thinking, oh my gosh, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. Right. Stop it. You look, you look silly. Quit it. And so I would say to anybody that listening that wants to come to a laughter club, like do for sure. Just know that the first time may be awkward. Like, because it's, there's no jokes or comedy. It's the laughter leader literally up there saying, here, we're going to laugh and we're clapping. So we're clapping palm to palm. So we're activating the meridians. We're just being silly like children, um, right? So we can be totally present. And here's the beautiful thing when we're laughing, our brain gets oxygenated. So we raise our vibration, we feel good, and then more solutions can come in. Freedom and joy are the solution energy. So when we're, you know, when we're laughing, ha, 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 ha. When I get stressed, I start laughing. So I'll just let, because I'm like, ooh, I'm starting to tighten up. I better, which means my energy's not flowing. If my energy's not flowing, that's a problem. So I shake it off, start laughing, ha, ha, ha. And then a solution will come in every time because the, the, our brain is oxygenated. It's, it's scientifically proven. And I feel like I've been given this wonderful disposition where I can go to all these summits. I've, I've taken a deep dive during this past two years into the health. We have a global mental health tsunami. Like it's yeah. global. Everybody's in this. Um, and it was here before 2020. It's just that now it's bigger because there's right. more Shined people. Right, shined a light affected. on it and more people. Yeah, absolutely. There's more people. And, and really, John, how do, you, how do you torture people? Isolate them. Like even in jail, how do you torture people in jail? You put them in solitary confinement. Nobody wants to be in the box. Yeah. And what did we do during this time? Like, wow, you know, I don't know about in the, in the States, but our long-term care places, the family couldn't even go in. Um, you know, they're looking at them through, through the window. Like if you have dementia, you're like, what? you can't even understand why they're out. Maybe you don't even recognize them anyway. But, you know, like it, it's, it's. Oh, and I'm an empath, so I feel everything. I'm the same way. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, doing school workshops, um, I didn't do any for two years. I did my first one since the cuckoo time. Um, I guess it was April of, of 2022. And it was grade two class. So they hadn't been in school, right? Kindergarten, grade one, they missed that. Grade two was their first year. And these, these, young children, they were damaged. Like they just weren't responding the same. They like, it's like deer in the headlights. They were just like, they didn't know how to react to me. Cause I'm pretty, pretty I'm all over the play lot. I'm like a little hot air balloon floating around in front of the glass. <laughs> and some, some of the teachers are like, sit still students. It's like, how can they sit still when I'm flailing about? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I can't even sit still. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, so, you know, I keep wondering, I, I do have a psychology degree, so I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by people. I love people and I'm curious what makes them go. So I keep asking my, myself this question about this time, like which demographic has been most affected? I know everybody is and everyone has their own story, but is it like the, the ones that 
never got to school? Or is it the teens that missed, you know, those years when you're dating? Oh, do I like boys? Do I like girls? I don't know. I, I don't know. Ooh, what is that feeling that I'm feeling? And that mm -hmm. you can't really have it so much in the Zoom box. <laughs> right. You know, or, or older people. Like, I, it's just, I, I just am fascinated by that question keeps on swirling around. But I know that everybody's in a, in struggling. Yeah, there was so much that was lost. And for so many people in different ways, you're, you're right. You know, like um, missing out on taking my daughter to kindergarten for her first day. It wasn't something that we got to do, you know, uh, something we looked forward to and enjoyed with my son. But we couldn't walk into the school, drop her off, meet the teacher, watch her write her name for the first time and see how it improved in the end. And like all of these little things that you don't think about that really do affect your mental health. and then. To, to have something like this that you can do at home alone, that you can do with others, that you can, you know, however you want to do this type of treatment or medicine is something you can partake in no matter where you're at, basically. It's, it's easy. It's the ultimate, like, freedom of being able to just take care of yourself. And I don't remember, I was trying to look and see if I could research the show or video or, or documentary that I saw or I'm pretty sure it was like a Netflix documentary or something probably you know like a weird jobs or something along those lines and it was uh this exact thing so I'm, I'm actually familiar with you know laughter therapy or laughter yoga um I have absolutely heard all of these things that you're saying right now so you know I believe them to be at least in my mind true um you're right. I think a lot of skeptics would say like, well, how ridiculous, you know, because for the listener who is not familiar with what we're talking about right now, I mean, as you said, Kathy, that's exactly what it is. It's just you're standing in a room with or without other people. And then we just laugh. We just start laughing. And, and a lot of people, skeptics would say, you know, it's a fake laugh. And you're right. It is your there's no comedy. Like you said, no stand up comedian. There's no funny video. There's no it's just making yourself laugh. And what I had not heard was that whole, your body doesn't know the difference. You still get that same release. I mean, you know, I'm watching this documentary and I'm learning these things, but I'll be honest. I, I don't like making myself look silly unless it's on my own terms. Uh, so laughter therapy is not something I've ever done. And I can't say that I would probably go sign up for it tomorrow, but it's definitely an interesting topic and something I am so interested to learn on so so here's the thing here's the thing john it's a cardiovascular workout so for okay. any athletes uh having a listen imagine if you could do uh you know 15 or 20 minutes of sustained belly laughter not just haha -ha, laughing at a comedy or something sure that you're not getting your full-on laugh if you go to a comedy club they're going to kick you out if you're laughing ha 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 ma'am um <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> We like laughter, but only on cue. Right. <laughs> right. So if, if you're laughing for 10, 15, 20 minutes full on, it's a, it's, it's a cardiovascular workout. I have rock hard abs from laughing because our diaphragm is moving. It's connected to all our organs. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's really a beautiful thing. And rather than call it laughter therapy, although it is therapeutic, I would say call it laughter wellness. It's laughter yoga and it's, let me talk about the origins of laughter yoga. Absolutely. That, that was where I was going with that. Thank Please. you. Thanks. Sorry about that. So No, you're it was fine. <laughs> it was started in 95 by a medical doctor. So there's science. Again, I'm, I'm happy that he was a medical doctor. It gives a little bit more street cred. Sure. Um, in India. And his goal is world peace. 
so he was, you know, a GP and, you know, dispensing antidepressants and, and kind of getting sad that he wasn't having the results that he wanted, like just prescribing drugs isn't, it's not a great life. And then when people come back, oh, now I have this side effect and okay, here's some more so take that, take, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily a great way. So he was writing an article for a magazine about laughter. And while he was researching, he discovered all this research on laughter's the best medicine. I mean, Norman Cousins wrote a book, The Anatomy of an Illness. He was, I don't remember what he was diagnosed with, but they kind of kicked him out of the hospital because he decided that he was just going to laugh. And so, so he went to a motel room and just watched comedies, just watched, you know, slapstick and whatever comedies. And he, he found that uh, 10 to 15 minutes of sustained belly laughter gave him two hours of pain-free sleep. Wow. Wow. So Dr. Kateria was like, if laughter's the best medicine, why don't we just laugh? And decided that he'd start a laughter club. <laughs> he could only find four, uh, five people to, to join him. And I, I think that's funny. <laughs> five people in the most populous country in the world. <laughs> um, so they went to a park and they started to tell jokes. And the group was getting bigger and bigger. After about two weeks, there were 50 people coming every day. But then the jokes started to become off color. Like about somebody. Oh, two people, whatever. It's like, uh oh, not funny for everybody. So then um, he, the, the audience was angry. They're like, ah, oh, we don't, this isn't what we signed up for. And he said, come back. I'm going to come up with a solution. So then it was, hey, why don't we just be like children? Like when you see children when they're when they're in their pure innocence, they're yep. just laughing and they're just joyful and um, they're just you don't know what they're doing, but they're laughing. And it's like, what are those kids doing? They're really literally just laughing. So that's that's really how it began. There's 40 foundational exercises, which like you make milkshakes. So you have your milkshake thing, you, 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 and then you drink it. You like it's just silly, silly games just to get out of your head into your body and play and there's clapping so that's ho ho ha 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 with your hands and that is I, I used to think it was really silly when I first joined laughter yoga I was like that I don't this is so silly but it's priming our brain so every time we go to laughter club and we start ho ho ha 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 our brain says oh must be time for happy and as soon as we smile, we send a note to our brain, I must be happy, I'm smiling. So we can trick our brain. We can trick our brain into thinking other than, like the brain is, you know, its, it's role is to keep us safe and to conserve energy, which is why we go back into those same loops and why we need to retrain our brain because our brain's like, oh, I know this situation. And then it goes automatically, like family is a great, a great thing to as a demonstration, like we know, okay, it's Thanksgiving again. We're not going to have that same battle as last year <laughs> at the family dinner. But then lo and behold, you get a couple beverages in and, and then all of a sudden you're back in the same place because our brain is like, oh yeah, I know how to respond to this. Right? So, so laughter kind of shuffles us out of that. And in the past two years, I can tell you, um, I have learned so much about how this powerful medicine really does help us. It shifts our energy, raises our vibration. We can't feel sad and happy at the same time. It helps us cope better. 
And so once we got back to driving, I mean, I was doing this before, but something that I've trained myself when I'm driving, if somebody cuts me off, it's never personal. It's not like, oh, there's Kathy, let's go get her. No, but we take it personal. We're like, hey, quit it. So instead of that, when somebody cuts me off, I'm like, oh, time for laughter yoga. So I'll flame, flail my arms. Ah, I'm laughing. Ah, and the person, you know, when you've cut somebody off, you're like, like oops, oops, sorry, or, or you don't care. I don't know. So they're looking in their mirror and they see me flailing around like, oh, she must be really mad, but I'm not. I'm really happy and I'm getting all oxygenated, all the love drugs creating through my body. And I actually get more space. They give me more space because they think I'm cuckoo. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's hey, a beautiful thing. Hey, you know thing. what? Whatever works. <laughs> you can try that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to try that in this Houston traffic down here in Texas. For sure. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. So this is something, do you have like a studio then as an owner of a laugh? yoga company? No. So, you know, the beautiful part before 2020, when I started to do laughter yoga, I mean, that's kind of an unwritten guideline, I guess that because the goal is world peace with laughter, there are clubs in 120 countries at this time and we're building every day. The idea is that everybody that gets trained will have a free community laughter club. And I said, yeah, universe, I don't want to have a free club. I do enough for free. <laughs> so I got paid gigs. <laughs> and people were like, I want to come to your laughter club. I'm like, I don't have one. I keep getting paid gigs. Um, and then 2020, right? Everything closed. I was going into long-term care, actually, working with folks with dementia, which is why I feel extra sad about the long-term care situation. Because I know it's, you know, laughter's like music. It, we remember. We, it was like, oh, I, that sound is remember. It's familiar. Um, so 2020, I started my online club because I needed it. June 2020, I have a, so I have an online club in Zoom uh, every Tuesday. It's 9.30 a.m. Eastern, so I'm not sure for Texas time how that is. Um, yeah, it's 30 minutes of super fun self-care, and it's just online. And then uh, for... I'm I'm still getting paid gigs now going into corporations, right? Corporations are coming back in person. I know they have been now for some time, but everybody's awkward now. Do you find that people don't, I don't know about it again in the States. We were locked down so long. We were isolated so long. Now we have to relearn how to be together. And I was at a fair, you know, I had a booth at a fair and on a break, I was wandering around. They had live music and all the families were there having their fair food, enjoying the music. When the music stopped, nobody clapped. I was the only one clapping. And I was like, oh, what happened? And somebody, and they were a really good band. And some, someone said, it's because we didn't clap in Zoom. I was like, oh, no, I still clapped. I was still like, yay. <laughs> so we've, we've really, I feel like the, the past almost three years now has, we've, we've taken a step back in civility and how to be together. Remember at the beginning, everyone was so patient and so kind and we cared about everybody. And then it was like, nah, I'm done with this. Enough of this already. Come on. And everyone just yelling at the store clerk and everyone just angry. <laughs> so we need this more than ever. So in, in corporations, they're hiring me for, for uh, morale, team building, um, creativity, uh, brainstorming, all of that so that people can feel more comfortable. It breaks down barriers. Imagine the CEO and the folks from the plant all laughing together. 
it just brings you to a different level of understanding. It's like your soul sees the other soul. It's like, oh, I see you there. There you are. It's like when you're drinking and, uh, you know, you start <laughs> laughing at something or somebody starts laughing so hard at something. And then at some point in time, you're not really laughing at the original joke anymore. You're laughing at how hard that person's laughing. I can right? imagine, I can imagine running through that where your CEO's in there and then they look silly enough that now you're just laughing about how silly he looks. And then it, it really is a real laugh. And then everybody just kind of compounds that. But even right? if it's, uh, even if it's not, I can see the benefit of just spending that time together. Yeah, just being in the energy, just being, because it's a vibration, everything is energy. So, and we know because we've all walked into a room where somebody's in a bad mood, where it's like, ooh, oh, ooh, someone's, right? And you can cut the tension with a knife or the opposite. Somebody's euphoric, like, ooh, somebody just won the lottery or something. So it's just energy. So if we can raise our energy, then we're going to have a better life. We're going to be able to manage our stress better. It doesn't make our problems go away. It helps us cope better with them. So we're not laughing at this cuckoo time. We're laughing because of. Otherwise, we'd be bawling in the corner. Yeah. So how do I connect with you and connect with all the things that you're doing and learn more about all this stuff? Um, I'm going to give you a couple of websites. Um, Kathyscomposters.com is my worm website. Um, Kathy's Club. Kathysclub.com is my laughter page. And I would really love for people to come and experience the magic of laughing for the health of it. Um, you know, I really dove head into um, laughter because I want people to care about the planet. But if you're in a mental crisis, you can't care about anything else. Then how do I get out of this? Like, how do I feel better? I feel awful. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm frustrated. I'm anxious. Those a laughter helps with all of those because those are vibrating down here. And, and I want people to know that if anybody's feeling any of those um, feelings and they're just feelings, they're just energy that it is possible. There is light on the other side, you know, ask for help. We really need to um, not, you know, we, we really need to ask for help because we, we all experience downtimes because we're human. Things happen. Like it, things happen. Um, and, and we all cope in a different way. We all have different coping skills. So, um, yeah, I would just invite everyone to come to my club. Come. Yeah. I don't see <laughs> why not. Giggle. You know, it can't hurt you to try for sure. And if nothing else, just find out something about uh, something someone else is doing and just see what it's all about and just learn about each other. I mean, like I said, I watched a documentary on this and it was, it was a really good documentary and I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, it, it seems a little silly to me, but I can see the, the behind the scenes, like research that's gone into it. And, uh, I know that there's so much more about our minds that we just can't even begin to understand yet that we can do. Um, and that is something that my dad always kind of pushed into me was, you know, our mind is so much more powerful than we know. And if we could just tap into that, you know, the things that we could do different than what we're doing now that, you know, kind of may seem not true to some people. And it's like, well, yeah, because you can't fathom it, but that doesn't mean that because you can't understand it or that you can't see it, that it's not true. You know, we talked about that on a prior podcast episode of, um, you know, it's kind of like having faith in something, you know, believing in, uh, Christianity or, or whatever God it is that you subscribe to. It's like, you know, you're going based on faith. 
you don't have anything tangible here to prove. But the difference here is you have to take that first step and just kind of believe in it, but then you'll see the benefits after you do it. And you can actually look at the research and the proof behind it. Because like you said, this has medical doctors and other people backing it up 100% with these tests that they're doing. So. Yeah, there's worldwide research, you know, in any area, if like they did search with research with people that were going through chemo, if they did laughter before their chemo treatments and laughter after their chemo treatments, they had less side effects. So it's a complementary medicine. It's not like, well, stop taking every, all your drugs and you can just come and laugh. That's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's really a process, but it's a practice. It's not like you come to one club and then, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm happy now. I don't, I don't have to go again. No more pills for right. me. <laughs> Wouldn't right? that be nice? It, yeah, it's, it's a daily thing. And imagine if we could laugh instead of taking a pill. We'd save money. I, well, if you, if you don't have a health plan, <laughs> it would save money and, and, um, and you just feel good. And it's at your disposal anytime. You can turn on that laughter anytime. Well, Kathy, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I think we learned some stuff today. We definitely had an interesting conversation. And, uh, you know, in that true stereotypical Canadian way, you apologized about 10 times. So <laughs> I think you are right spot on for our stereotypes of Canada today. And I, I say that in kidding, of course. But, um, you know, I, I love talking to our neighbors up north. And I am so happy that you decided to hop on the show today because it's been enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course, it's our pleasure. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Business Origins. As always, I've been your host, John Kelly, aka John the Marketer, and I just want to invite you to come back every single week as we have another episode with another entrepreneur sharing their origin story and telling you all about the business that they're in. So thank you again for supporting these small business owners and supporting the show. And as always, stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. You guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.